Good morning. It is Kale and Company live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. Glad to have you with us on this Thursday. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Northeast Delta Dental has individual and family plans designed to fit your lifestyle. You can find your plan and learn a lot more at deltadentalcoversme.com. We are going to have a, a terrific show today. We're going to talk a, a lot of uh, a lot of history in the uh, city of Manchester. And uh, joining us, uh, Dave Haiti. Uh, Dave is the uh, a creative director at the Orbit Group. You can look them up at uh, orbitgroup.com. Dave, great to have you with us this morning. Hey, uh, good morning. Great to be here. And uh, we have the gentleman who put this uh, show together today. Uh, my my good friend Bob Nelson and uh, Bob, welcome to uh, WKXL. Great to have you here. Great to be with you, sir. And uh, we are going to talk about some of the amazing artwork that uh, is going on, continues to go on. A lot of it is completed already, but uh, it continues to grow in uh, downtown Manchester. And uh, uh, first of all, Bob, you uh, uh, drew my attention to. Uh, one of the pillars holding up the Bridge Street Bridge with a, a very large uh, portrait of your dad. Yeah, it was amazing. We uh, we actually found out about this, uh, I think, a couple months ago, and uh, not realizing the, the length and the amount of work Dave put into this prior to, about two years' worth. And uh, he gave us a call, or actually his, uh, his mother-in-law, uh, sat down with my sisters and had a breakfast and discussed what Dave had been working on. And uh, that's how we found out about it. And I got to tell you, the, uh, when, as Dave, will, I'm going to let him tell the story about his feeling, but he, when I first met him, he said something to me that was absolutely uh, hit me. Uh, as you know, you're a great follower of music, so am I. The uh, producers, was, Dave was, Don was, they, uh, they had an album called Was Not Was. And uh, one of the titled songs is called uh, Street Named After My Dad. And I always thought about that, that, you know, the work that he did never really got the recognition that he should have. Uh, my father, by the way, uh, named Lincoln Square. He worked for Robert Moses in New York. One of his, uh, that was one of his accomplishments. But there's nothing that ever said that. And uh, so prior to meeting Dave, in my, in my car rotation was Was Not Was for a while. And listening to that song, when I first met him, he, he actually said those words that people do a lot of work. They get streets named after them, but all the people that did the work don't. And this is what, you know, what he was honoring. And I uh, kind of stole a little bit of his thunder. I'll let him uh, elaborate. Well, Dave uh, told me uh, off the air that uh, he always wanted to do a, a portrait of a giant on a, uh, a giant mural or a pillar holding up a, a bridge. And, you, you, Dave, you were finally uh, able to do it with uh, Joseph Nelson. Yeah, uh, I was just looking for a cool opportunity to kind of play with the environment, I think. A lot of time when we're doing artwork, especially public artwork, uh, if you can find creative ways to inject your idea or your composition into the existing architecture, uh, it just it really makes it for a, a fun 
next level kind of idea to to kind of conjure. And Joe happened to be the perfect complement to me wanting to paint this this giant underneath the bridge, symbolically holding up the mill yard for younger generations to build and to continue. Now, now you guys are related, correct? Yeah. Dis- distantly, perhaps. Loosely, my, yeah, yeah. 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 my cousin Donna uh, is is Dave's mother-in-law. Oh, okay. All and, right. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure many people know Donna Pleasure at Goldman and, uh, and the family. My, uh, <clears throat> our family is very extensive in Manchester, uh, which is actually what kind of led to my father being here. So he, uh, uh, the, my mother was one of seven. There were four sisters. Uh, back in the 30s, the, our phone company was called the Bell System. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And uh, my mother's maiden name was Ball. The four Ball sisters worked at the Bell System. So they, <laughs> they actually called it the Ball System. But, um, yeah, the, we, um, my, my, uh, my mother worked at Grinier Field as an operator, and that's where my father met her. And he, uh, when they got married, my father made a promise to come back to Manchester. And that's what led back to, uh, you know, to him being here and taking over this project. And the whole family knew about it, you know, knew, obviously knew what he was doing and was involved. And uh, when Dave was talking about the mill, and and again, his story is incredible. Uh, But talking about it with his mother-in-law, she said, well, I got to tell you about my Uncle Joe. And, uh, And she gave him the story. So, so give us the story. Because I'm sure most of us don't know, including myself. I mean, Bob, I've known you for many years. I, I never knew uh, this this history uh, of your dad. Yeah, he. Um, <clears throat> my father was a. He was a, an engineer in in uh, New York and worked on the Manhattan Tunnel and the Battery Park Tunnel, and then the Warhead. And he went into the Air Force and the JAG Corps. It ended up as the war was winding down. They stationed him here uh, in Manchester at Grenier Field. It'll always be Grenier Field to me. Yes, and, and to, to a lot of people. Call it whatever yeah, you yeah, want to call yeah. it. It'll always be <laughs> Grenier Field. And uh, he just happened to be walking by the, the switchboard o- operator at one point, and uh, he used the, the, the classic pickup line. It was a good place to go dancing. There you go. And that's how, uh, my mo- how he met my mother. Uh, moved back to New York. Uh, when they got married, moved to New York, had five kids. And my father worked for Robert Moses. And uh, one of the, when the, the housing uh, act came through, my father became Moses' right-hand man. So he was helpful in, in renovating and renewing the buildings out of the slums and bringing them back to livable area. And a lot of other projects. In fact, there were 27 projects going on at one time. Uh, Lincoln Square happened to be one of mm-hmm. them. Uh, Moses wow. Moses sent my father a memo, which uh, my sisters and I would love to try and find. It's got to be somewhere. And the memo said, Joe, please, you know, please give the project a name so people would take ownership. And that's how he, uh, he his favorite president was Lincoln. He also knew that uh, the Rockefellers, which funded a lot of, of what's going on down there, were also fans of Lincoln, so he called it Lincoln Square. But uh, fast forward to 68, and uh, he was up here on vacation. And uh, my uncle Ken Harlan uh, suggested to my father that he speak with Romeo Dorval, 
who okay. was on the Board of Commission for the Manchester Housing Authority. Very famous name in the Queen City. Yeah, yeah. and uh, Mr. Dorval uh, suggested my, fa- you know, my father uh, apply for this new position of uh, Urban Renewal Director. And uh, so he did, and he was endorsed by uh, William Loeb and a few others, and uh, they had an interview with him, hired him. Um, kind of a, I guess, kind of a funny story. I look at it now and think this is amazing. But for what my father did, they asked him in the interview what his current salary was. Now, again, this was 68, but his current salary was $17,000 a year with, with five kids. Mm. And the city only could offer 13000 and but he took it knowing that he would be retiring from the city of New York, and then be able to uh, to balance that out and make it work. Um, so he that was the story of us moving up here to New York, to New Hampshire from the Bronx, and uh, and then from there he took over the mill, which meant filling in two canals. So Commercial Street and Bedford Street used to be canals. And those were, had to be filled in because it was raw sewage. It was, uh, it was just, it smelled terrible. It was nasty. It involved moving uh, railroad tracks, which it, back then B&M was the big one, and they didn't, they didn't talk to anybody. You know, they, they, they could care less what you thought. And, uh, of course, the biggest thing is at Arms Park was a building that had been fenced in for, at that point, probably 25 years that contained anthrax. And uh, literally and figuratively, no one wanted to touch the building. Right, right. And uh, so my father, together with the Army Corps of Engineers, discovered a way or built a way to incinerate the building on site and then to uh, wash down each individual brick with bleach and water. You really can't kill anthrax, uh, but you can at least get it into the solution um, so they had to wash each individual brick and then transport them off-site for storage. Some, uh, I think, believe, actually were stored uh, in, that, in that park. I remember exactly. I was a little young back then. But that was some of the projects he had to do. And, and that was uh, in the late 60s. That was late, yeah, 66, 68 to 72. Yeah. And you had a group of people from earlier than that that wanted to, they wanted to just bulldoze the entire place. Um, a lot of them had been burned by the people who worked for Amoskeeg. When Amoskeeg decided, when, when they went bankrupt, they just kind of walked away from uh, from all of the uh, the history of the city and the and the people, the Irish immigrants they had brought over to dig the canals, the French immigrants they brought over, you know, to um, to uh, actually uh, work in the facilities. So back then. You had a work environment, so they had to go out and actually draw in people to fill these mills. Um, so his thing was to, to bring this back to where we could actually use the facilities now. Right, uh, right. So creating commercial street meant, you know, because when the mills were built, there were no cars. Everything was done by yeah. horse. Yeah. So you had to be able to bring a tractor trailer down. You had to be able to you know, have, have that transportation other than horse and buggy. It's, it's an amazing story, and then we'll uh, talk more about it uh, as, as we continue today uh, with uh, Bob Nelson and Dave Haiti. And uh, it, it's a, a terrific story about uh, how uh, the Milliard was uh, transformed, uh, Commercial Street uh, in, in downtown Manchester, 
And uh, it, it, truly a story that uh, a lot of people have no idea uh, about. And, uh, and Dave, you're, you're bringing it to life with uh, your art. And, and Bob, we appreciate you uh, telling us all about it this morning here on the show. And we will be uh, right back with more Kale & Company right after these words. WKXL, NHTalkRadio.com. We're presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Kale and Company live here on WKXL, NHTalkRadio.com, presented by Northeast Delta Dental. And uh, we're talking about some fascinating stuff here. I mean, I I thought I knew quite a bit about the history of Manchester, but I'm learning a lot more here this morning from my good friend Bob Nelson, uh, whose uh, father was uh, very much instrumental uh, in uh, building the the Milliard, as we know it today, with some of the uh, top high-tech companies in the world uh, being based there and uh, all kinds of commerce uh, going on, uh, great uh, apartments down there as well and living space. And uh, your dad, Bob, was really uh, the driving force behind that. And Dave Hady is with us. Dave is the creative director Hello. at the uh, Orbit Group. And uh, and Dave is the, the driving force behind uh, much of the artwork that you're seeing now uh, pop up throughout the city of Manchester. And, and I think, uh, Dave, maybe the, the first art that uh, people came to know in, in downtown Manchester was on Cat Alley, uh, which is right off Elm Street. And, yeah. and uh, you have uh, helped to revitalize that as well. Yeah, um, I got to work uh, with the team at Orbit Group and we applied for a grant. Uh, and this this was last September is when this all kind of came together. And we were able to use the funds to hire 19 local artists um, of all different styles and, and everything. And the only binding factor is it had to be a cat. So if you're on Elm Street and you get to like where the bookery is, yeah, yeah, take a left and then there's this this alleyway and there's just cat artwork everywhere. I think about 19 now, all different scales, different styles, different colors. It's a lot of fun. Um, we were able to capture a lot of footage of as we were working on the project. Um, people who travel that alley every day and like getting their take and everything and. Everyone was just so happy. Um, it's one of the the cool things about doing public art is everyone wants to approach you, one, and everyone's just so happy and thankful for adding color or adding uh, an idea or telling a story. Um, so Cat Alley was a lot of fun. Well, it is. And, and you know, no matter how many times you uh, go down Cat Alley, uh, it, it always brings a smile to your face. It really does. Oh, it's it, so much charm. Yeah, it's, it's a great spot. It, it, it really is. Yeah. And, and now with uh, what has been happening at uh, in the Arms Park uh, area of, of Manchester uh, and this giant portrait. Now, you, you told me off the air you always wanted to do something like this and, and paint a giant. Yeah, well, it... it Really, um, I've, I like to try to find clever excuses to play with the environment. <laughs> so the, the shape of the, the columns that hold up the bridge, um, I just always thought it would be kind of a fun, goofy thing to paint giants holding up the bridge. 
yeah. um, a play on the, the architecture in a way. Uh, so yeah, I was presented with the opportunity last year. Uh, Jill Dittbrenner uh, wanted to put together an initiative to apply for a grant, partner with an artist, and start to paint the pillars. So she's very determined. She did a phenomenal job. Um, we both kind of utilized our strengths and how we networked and, and communicated with other local businesses. And we sat down with a lot of them, talked to them about ideas, if they wanted to be a partner in the project. And uh, actually Spark Offices, which is in the Stark building right mm -hmm. next to the columns, they uh, offered to kind of help us, which is great uh, because it's very, is expensive, you know. Uh, we we apply. We had to get boom lift certified. We had to rent the boom lift, all the paint, um, and then uh, of course all the time spent uh, applying that paint and the concept design and all that. Um, but yeah, I think the vision, you know, to take a step back, is Arms Park is gorgeous uh, mm. and you can see it from the highway uh it's just this, it, there's there's greenery in it there's a body of water running through it which it's actually like the temperature is beautiful down there like i was painting yeah. in the dog days of summer and there's just like a, <laughs> a beautiful breeze just hitting me uh the whole time so it's like a built-in air conditioner uh and then you got like the stark brewery down there you can grab a drink and you can go sit outside and it's just it's every year it's becoming more and more of a community right. environment and yeah. there's new art installed uh, last year you had james chase he painted all the stairs huge burst of color you can go immerse yourself in it when you go down there see it from the highway it looks great several years ago we did um a 3d printed copper statue of ralph bear which he's sitting on a bench call it the bear bench and basically, uh, to, to sum it up, Ralph Baer invented video games. Uh, he invented the brown box, which turned into Pong eventually. It was kind of a Pirates of Silicon Valley thing where yeah. he started the idea, I think, working under BAE Systems. Mm -hmm. And then uh, they decided not to kind of continue with it. So other people in the sphere kind of stole ideas and shared ideas and then pong came about and then yeah so there's a an honorary statue and little plaque thing talking about him and his story and uh you got jill's murals which represent what manchester is now and the people that work in the mill yard and some of the technology and the bio stuff and it's really smart stuff. It's kind of over my head, but it's really fascinating. Uh, Probably me. would not be happening without the work of Joe Nelson. Right. So, and, and then, so my representation is of the past. How how did we get to this point? And you know, there's tons of blips on the the historical timeline of how we got to this point. You know, uh, but as far as like the Milliard goes, it really comes down to Joe Nelson because the Milliard was going to be torn down i'm pretty sure and uh and and they were like it was like a flip of a coin are we tearing it down are we selling it in pieces or you know whatever else and they decided to bring joe in to piece by piece re rebuild it um uh, first kind of by doing those fires and getting rid of all the asbestos and right. the chemicals that were yeah. kind of left from from the mills 
and uh, make them so they can become new commercial properties for these businesses that you see today that are world leading in certain categories, which is great to see. It's great to have. It's huge for Manchester. Bob, when did you first uh, find out that this this uh, project was uh, in motion? I actually got a call from my, um, I guess now she's my younger sister. Uh, as time goes on, uh, I seem to pass my <laughs> my siblings. I was the youngest. I think now at this point my brother and I are the oldest. Uh, my sister Margaret called, and, uh, and uh, actually the night before, uh, Dave's mother-in-law sent a, an email out that, hey, I, you know, I need something to talk about. And um, Margaret and Joni, my sisters, actually had, a, had breakfast with her the, that morning, and she called and explained the story. And uh, it, it was amazing. She uh, actually went down to her house to see a rendition of the uh, what it would look like, and uh, it just just blew me away. Well, we'll talk more about that uh, when we come back from this uh, this break here on WKXL. Bob Nelson is in the house. His father uh, being honored by uh, a, a, just just a, a great portrait. It's hard to explain on the radio. We'll we'll post a picture of it when we uh, when we post the interview uh, on our website, but. Uh, it is a terrific uh, a portrait of uh, the giant, Joe Nelson, holding up the city of Manchester right there in a good way, in a good way, and uh, reviving, really, the uh, the city of Manchester. We'll continue on Kale & Company right after these words on WKXL and htalkradio.com, presented by Northeast Delta Dental. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Kale and Company live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. We are talking about some extraordinary work that has uh, been done and uh, and continues in the uh, city of Manchester. And uh, I, I'll tell you, the, the Queen City has come a, a long way since I first came to know it back uh, back in the uh, in the early '70s. And probably uh, none of it would have come to fruition without the. Uh, the, the foresight and the energy of, of Joe Nelson and uh, what he did for the, the city of Manchester. You, you wonder what uh, uh, might have been taking place these days on Canal Street and Commercial Street without uh, the, the, the foresight of, of Mr. Nelson. And his son Bob is in studio uh, with us today. And also uh, Dave Haiti, who is the creative director at the uh, Orbit Group which has done so many creative projects uh, over the years in, in the, for the city of Manchester. And uh, most recently, the huge, giant mural on, the, on a pillar underneath the Bridge, uh, Bridge Street Bridge. And, and Dave, I want to get into the um, logistics of how that was accomplished. I mean, it was, it was no ordinary task was this. <laughs> yeah, so this was definitely by scale the uh, the largest piece of work, artwork that I had uh, been a part of by a by like two or three magnitudes. It was much larger. Um, yeah, we we had to get boom lift certified for it and rented a boom lift. And yeah, that that was probably the biggest challenge. I was pretty nervous about that moment. About I was pretty nervous about the whole project leading up to like the day I started. And then once I started, just the intuition of being up there and just having to get it done kicked in, and it was 
very very meditative actually i was very relaxed yeah. up there i loved it didn't you don't have to think much you're just i mean you do have to think of course you do of course you do it just becomes second nature in a way well, so. I mean, it's, it's, it's truly amazing. But when you, when you think about it, you were like 60 feet in the air. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah super high, especially on yeah. those, the, the two T, the, I guess I would call it a T, the arms of the bridge. Yeah, holding uh, up the bridge, yeah. You're not on that central column, and you just don't feel the same support. And, like, every time the wind blows, you, like, the whole arm is, is bumping up and down or left to right. Or every time you move or trip up a little bit, like, the motion ricochets through the entire arm, so it's quite an experience. Oh yeah, I, I can I can only imagine. I I will never experience it, but I can I can I can only imagine. And the and the you know the, we'll get you up there next time. Okay, Pablo. thank you, thank yeah. you. Yeah, <laughs> but the, but the detail of it is 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 so amazing. And he's got the uh, the the big J on the on the blue jacket that uh, that he's wearing. And uh, it tell, there are other figures, uh, other people that are uh, honored as well uh, yeah. at the bottom of, of the pillar. Yeah. So uh, symbolically, it, it's Joe is holding up this bridge yeah. and then the younger generations of business owners and, and, and workers and people who are changing the mill yard are, are walking beneath him. Uh, and, and one of those people is modeled after Kathy Natchez which is his uh, niece? niece, niece, which is his niece, who actually now holds the same position that Joe held when he did the urban renewal project, uh, which was, the, did you mention that it was the nation's first, first urban yeah. renewal project ever? Was um, it really? Wow. Yeah. So it's a, that was a cool little Easter egg. Um, so basically, every day I'd work on this, more and more people from Bob's family would come and visit and yeah. say hi. We would take a picture. They'd tell me a little bit about their story, um, which was on it, which is awesome because um, it really makes it feel like you connect with a project in a much different way um, rather than like, oh, I'm painting a cool picture. You know, it's like no, like it, it when your work can uh, have an effect on someone, it really it hits a little differently. I think um, so. One of these days, Kathy Natchez shows up. She says hi. Tells me a little bit of her story. I've met her before briefly. Um, and she reminded me that she holds the same position. So just I was like, oh, perfect opportunity. Let's just make a few edits to the to the shape of the silhouette. Um, and so so now it has a little bit more depth, I think, uh, pertaining to like what what's actually happening as well, which is kind of fun. Wow. Uh, it, it is truly amazing. You have to see it. Uh, to believe it, and uh, how, now how long did it take from from start to finish to to do this project? Uh, I mean, so I, I kind of worked on it for like half a day, half a day, full day, probably all together five days. That's it. But I wow. So five days, but the, I probably spent almost half the time. So there's a big pole in the middle of this mural. Yeah, that yeah. I had to yeah. kind of camouflage into the design. Right. I think if there was no pole, I probably could have done it in like two and a half. Um, but yeah, it, it created a fun obstacle to work around. And uh, <laughs> if you look at it from the right angles, you might not even see the pole. So that <laughs> that was the goal. Yeah, if you see it from a distance, you'd you'd probably never notice it. Yeah, uh, maybe not. The, the pole right there. You've yeah. done such a good job in. 
camouflaging it and, uh, in, you know. So, so, Bob, what does this mean uh, to the family? Uh, it's, uh, I, don't, I still don't think we can really describe it. It's um, uh, the emotions. And like I said, you know, for me, listening to that song for the two months prior to meeting Dave, and, uh, and then he explained that, you know, I'm looking to, to bring to light people, you know, the things that, that have been done around it. They really don't get their recognition. But for us, uh, to see it and, and to realize that, you know, people will, uh, they'll ask the questions eventually, who is this guy, and, and hopefully get part of, at least part of the story. Um, I will say today is it's very, it's uh, very serendipitous to do the interview today. My father's uh, first grandchild was born on uh, today, August 10th. I, I won't give out the uh, year because I'll be kind to her. But, uh, but also, last weekend, my brother, who I will give out the age, uh, at 75, uh, we, they celebrated his 75th birthday in front of the mural. Wow. And uh, we were able to gather family together to, to take a picture and, and to be part of that. Um, but to sit back, I, I got to tell you, first of all, to just see the artwork, mm. I can't draw stick figures. No. So when you stand back and look at this, to think that someone had the vision yeah. to be able to take this and, and put it on a stan- on the stanchion was incredible. And then as he talked about, you know, you get up on a, on a step ladder or a 20-foot ladder to paint your house and you're scared stiff. Well, go up 60 feet on a moving platform and paint. Um, still don't understand how it could be done, you know, from the, uh, the artwork part and, and, the, and the mechanic part of it. But uh, for, our, for us, it, it's just the emotions are still strong. I don't know that, you know, that we could ever really say it'll, it'll go away. Um, and every time you look at it or drive by it, and, uh, you know, I, 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 it's odd. I found more reasons to drive by the mill yard now than I, I ever had before. Oh, absolutely. I think a lot of people have. Just to see uh, yeah. that, yeah. No, no doubt. And it, and it is so uh, detailed uh, as well. Uh, how, how much facially, I, you know it's a caricature, yeah. but, but how much facially does it look like your dad? It, it's close. It's very close. I mean, it gives, uh, you know, for, for us, you know, it's funny. He, he calls him, I, my father was always that, that big figure. Um, in fact, the one thing he kind of is known for is is the whistle. You know, you know, we when you heard that whistle, you knew you had to be home and quickly. <laughs> and you probably it probably wasn't a good thing. Uh, and I look at that mural and I hear the whistle. Yeah, you know, it's just yeah. uh, where that where that came from. Uh, but close, you know, and it's uh, again a very powerful, very uh, impactful uh, for us. Maybe, maybe you could uh, hook up a, a whistle, like some electronic <laughs> device, to hook up a whistle that would go off like at the top of each hour. Every time somebody, yeah. did, <laughs> every time the parking meter expired, oh, right, hit the right. whistle. There you go. <laughs> I also think it's extremely appropriate, uh, having discussed what what happened in Arms Park, that he is actually looking towards what was probably the biggest problem he had to deal with in the right world. with the anthrax situation. Yeah. And yeah. That, um, yeah. You know, that was, uh, it, it was alongside, I just remember, you know, again, being younger, but I remember the discussions and the frustration of dealing with the railroad. So I'm not sure if he, if you asked him, 
Would you rather go back and deal with the anthrax or the railroad? He might choose the anthrax. (laughs) (laughs) So you're saying B&M was difficult to deal with. I just, you know, it's funny. I still, I think after he retired, he still did the same thing. Um, I got one funny, I got to tell you, you just hit this too, that my father was part of the group. Uh, Moses told my father to try and keep the Dodgers in New York. And he walked into the, my father said, I walked into the first meeting and knew they were leaving because they were being paid a pile of cash to move mm. to California. So my father died at 102. At 101, watching baseball games, if the Dodgers came on, on the television, he, I think he would still spit at the TV. <laughs> I, I can believe it. I can believe it. Wow, well, 102, huh? That's, what, what, and what a, what a legacy. He has has left behind. Uh, you know, you, you wonder w- without someone like Joe Nelson, what the the Milliard uh, might be like today. There probably would not be an Arms Park as as we know it today, or any of the uh, the uh, unbelievable businesses that have moved in uh, down there. And uh, you know, it, it is just just grows exponentially uh, all the time. I mean, it's forever growing. And, uh, and and part of it, uh, and, and and a lot of it, uh, is because of the the foresight and uh, what uh, Joe Nelson brought to the city of Manchester. We'll take a break. Kale and Company continues right after these words, right here on WKXL NHTalkRadio.com. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Stay with us. Welcome back. Kale and Company live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. This program is going by uh, too quickly this morning. We have a couple of uh, in-studio guests, Bob Nelson, whose dad, uh, Joe, I, safe to say, safe to say, this is not an overstatement, saved the city of Manchester. I, I think that's true. That's a tagline. To, to a great extent. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you, you can see Joe now. Uh, honored by uh, holding up the uh, the city uh, of Manchester under the uh, Bridge Street Bridge, and uh, it the project uh, that project is is completed now, uh, thanks to the amazing work of, of Dave Haiti, uh, who is in studio with us now, and uh, and Dave, that is that is one pillar under the Bridge Street Bridge. There are others that uh, honor some uh, great events and, and great people uh, in the city of Manchester as well. Yeah, so uh, my, my partner in the project, Jill Dittbenner, who has done work all over the city, um, she she did t- two uh, of the pillars, actually, because she's a machine. She's just nonstop. And, um, now, did she have to go up in the same? Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Same, bo- same, uh, same boom lift. Same, same, Sa- same oh, wow. red, white, and blue painted boom lift yeah. with an American eagle on the yeah. side. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you remember it well. Oh, yeah. yeah. It stood out. Yeah. So, yeah, no, she, she did two massive uh, pieces as well, and in, in her two larger ones are two figures. And kind of on a similar note is they're not like, famous people with streets named after them. It's a representation of the people who work there now, like the everyday person. Um, Maybe they're altering genetic code or maybe they're inventing some kind of engineering marvel. Yeah. Um, And it's everyday workers. And there's little Easter eggs all over her pieces 
that kind of hints to what's like one of them is like a binary code for something about the mills. Uh, one of them is like a genetic code that represents another aspect of it. Um, and there, there's little Easter eggs everywhere. So it's, it's super cool, super interesting to see, very colorful. She definitely throws color around in a very interesting way. And uh, kind of like the stairs piece, you can see them from the highway, which yeah. is really cool. So now Arms Park has a really great Western-facing facade for travelers to kind of be like, oh, maybe I'll go there. And actually, a couple people did. Like when we were painting, um, a father and daughter came up to me, and they're like, yeah, we were driving on the highway, and we said, let's let's go check it out. So they came over and chatted me up for a bit. Um, great talking to anyone when you're, when you're doing artwork. And, uh, yeah, so it's kind of like a nice flag saying, like, we're growing, we do art, come check it out, come check us out. And then go go to go get some ice cream at Ben and Jerry's. Or, or anything, right, you know? I, I mean, uh, you know, the, uh, the city is, uh, is growing, uh, adding, uh, you know, uh, just a, a new hotel uh, not too long ago in the Milliard area yep. uh, as well, which uh, also has a, a common man location uh, in it. And uh, the city is doing some, uh, some terrific things. Just wish they could bring back pro hockey. But that's another story <laughs> for, for another day. But uh, at any rate, uh, Bob, you were telling me a, a story about where you commemorated uh, your dad's 100th birthday. So uh, in his inauguration into the job, one of the, build, the buildings was actually scheduled to be, uh, to be demolished. And the new owner sat with my father, discussed it with him. He, they went back and forth, and uh, it was decided to preserve the building. It was the original, I believe it was the Myrna Shoe Building. That eventually became uh, the home for Fratello's Restaurant. Mm -hmm. So when my father turned 100, uh, the, uh, my sister, uh, yeah, that was the part that, that one of the things that, sh that hit her was, this is where we should celebrate the, the 100th birthday. And we had... And I believe the Historical Society has it now. But there was a long picture of the mill as it was going to, the mill yard as it was going to end up being when he was done. And the odd part is that that building was not on the map. So we had the map there. And because it was, and, uh, scheduled be, it was scheduled to be, uh, be demolished. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we uh, celebrated in. Uh, um, you know, I think either that or John, I think John Clayton, who, who has written some beautiful things about my father, uh, he might have that uh, somewhere uh, in that mix. Um, to say he saved Manchester, I would say that my father, one of the things my father was was humble. And he would remind you quickly that there were a lot of other people that were part of the organization. Um, you know, I know if you ever met Dave, it would, it would be a great conversation uh, it would also be uh, a very emotional one for him uh, to get that type of recognition. Um, but certainly, uh, uh, you know, he, he, he loved the city. Like, and again, the conversations I've had, with, you know, the few conversations I've had with Dave, the pride he takes in, in the city he's living in and the work he's doing. And, uh, and I think you had some conversations with, with John Clayton about the mill and, and that history. So it's not like he just said, hey, you know, let's throw this up. It, it was a basis of, uh, of his doing some research. And so and John wrote uh, in the article about his 100th uh, birthday celebration. What, what did John write? 
He said if it wasn't for Joe Nelson, they would have been celebrating sitting on the curb. Right, <laughs> where Fortello's is now in, in Manchester, yep. in the in the Milliard area, in, in the building that uh, used to house uh, Myrna Shoe, which was scheduled to be demolished, but uh, thanks to the, the, the foresight of, uh, of Joe Nelson, it was not. And it, it still is, is standing proudly after all these yep. years. Uh, there is there are so many stories and uh, and and but uh, Dave, I want you to just tell us a little bit more about uh, the company you work for, uh, Orbit Group, where you are the uh, creative director. But you've been involved, uh, in, and it's a relatively young company, but involved in in so many uh, great uh, projects already. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah, Orbit Group is like a really interesting entity where I guess I would compare it to a Swiss army knife where you pull out one knife and it's a venture capital arm. And then the next one is a public creativity uh, mural arm. And then there's a property development section. And then there's uh, there's the bookery, which is a bookstore downtown. And then uh, our newest arm is as a distillery, Manchester Distillery, which is opening tomorrow, actually. So, um, and, and basically, what I do with all these entities is I, I I do a lot of the design and branding along with our team who kind of work together. Uh, I also have to give some credit to my wife Catherine. She's like my uh, my creative advisor. I would say we sit on the back porch quite a bit and and talk about ideas, and she's great. So, thank you, Catherine. You, you. You've been involved in, in so many things, uh, and, uh, and you can throw in a plug if you'd like for the uh, new distillery that uh, you're opening tomorrow. Sure, yeah. So um, this project is, is led by Liz and Jeremy Hitchcock, and basically for over the last two years, we've been planning and, and concepting and concepting again uh, the building and the brand and, and the booze. And uh, basically, the three B's. yeah, the, the, the three B's and, and running a distillery, and uh, it's all uh, coming to fruition. It's gonna we're gonna open tomorrow at three thirty, um, and we in, we invite everyone to come on by. Uh, we have a phenomenal master distiller, Bill Tambusi, who is uh, he's kind of traveled the world learning the art of distilling, and most recently came from New Jersey where he uh, won best gin at the San Francisco Spirits Contest, which is basically the largest spirits contest competition in the world. Uh, he won best in class, and he won double gold for another aspect of the gin. I forget the, the detail of it. Um, so basically, he's phenomenal at making gin, and he's incredibly passionate about making malt whiskey as well. So um, just talking to him about all the little niches and intricacies and pathways that you can take when when performing the art of distillation it's mind-boggling yeah so it's such an interesting project to uh to kind of wrap your head around and to learn uh because of how complex it can be and what's the name of it again so the distillery is simple, Manchester Distillery. Oh, we, did, we just wanted something easy. easy. To remember. You're yeah. going to Google it. What distilleries are in Manchester? Boom. There you go. <laughs> Manchester, Manchester Distillery. Distillery. There you go uh, on Willow Street. Not yeah. South Willow Street, but Willow Street. Willow Street. Willow yes. Street, which is a lot different. Yeah. Yeah. And then underneath it, you know, we'll have like each product will have its own sub brand, like the vodka will have its own brand, the gin, the whiskey, the aperitif, or whatever 
whatever our master distiller kind of wants to create, we're going to support that and make a bunch of fun brands and tell cool stories. Uh, kinda, there you go. You know? Well, I'll tell you what, it has been a, a very uh, informative hour with uh, both of you guys here. And, uh, and and Dave, thanks for what you're doing uh, in the city of Manchester now, Dave Haiti. And if you want to find out more about the Orbit Group, just go on to orbitgroup.com. It couldn't be simpler than that. And uh, learn about all the projects they've been involved in uh, since uh, their inception, what, in uh, 2017, you told me? I, I would Something say around like that. that time. Yeah. yeah. Not, not too long. I mean, we're only talking five or six years. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, And they've uh, accomplished a lot in the city of Manchester, without question. And Bob Nelson, whose dad Joe is uh, honored and uh, memorialized on uh, one of the large pillars holding up the Bridge Street Bridge. And uh, it, it has to be uh, just uh, such a such a, a proud thing for uh, the entire Nelson family, and uh, and uh, certainly very richly deserving was uh, Joe Nelson of this great honor. <laughs>